You are listening to the New Spring Church Podcast. We're glad you're here. We want everyone everywhere to have an everyday relationship with Jesus, and we hope that this helps you do just that. Well, hey there, New Spring family. I'm so grateful for the opportunity to come and hang out with you guys just for a couple of moments today as we worship God, experience His presence, and hopefully all grow together as He moves in our hearts. Uh, This weekend is Memorial Day weekend, and it's a time where we recognize and remember people who have sacrificed so that we could experience the freedoms we get to enjoy every single day. Uh, So if you have a loved one or a family member who has paid the ultimate price so that we can live in freedom, we just want to honor you. We want to honor your family member. So how about all over the state of South Carolina, come on in every single room, let's put our hands together in honor of those who have sacrificed. In the light of that, it is so clear that we get to hang out on a Sunday morning and worship God and experience Him so powerfully because of the sacrifice that Jesus performed on a cross. And I just hope and pray that this week you feel His presence, you know His touch, you can speak to Him moving in your heart. Uh, We started an Ephesians series last week, and it was brilliant, um, a a wonderful message brought by our pastor, Brad, and and this week we're going to move forward into Ephesians chapter 2. So I want to start the message by just reading the whole of Ephesians chapter 2, verses 1 through to 10, and then we're going to jump into the message from there. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 1, the Bible says, as for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sins in which you used to live when you followed the ways of this world and the ruler of the kingdom of the air, the spirit who is now at work in those who are disobedient. All of us who lived among them at one time, gratifying the cravings of our flesh and following desires and thoughts. Like the rest, we were by nature deserving of wrath. But because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ even when we were dead in our transgressions. It is by grace you have been saved. And God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in heavenly realms in Christ Jesus, in order that in the coming ages he might show the incomparable riches of his grace, expressed in his kindness to us in Christ Jesus. For it is by grace you've been saved through faith. And this is not from yourselves, it is a gift of God. Not by work so that no one can boast. For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. Lord Jesus, we just invite you to speak to us by the power of the Holy Spirit, illuminating the heart of the Father, leaving us changed. In Jesus' name, amen. I love last week's message. It really resonated with me. I watched it again, actually, on Monday night, and, and what really like, just stood out so clearly for me was this amazing invitation that we all get as individuals and as a church to sit in our identity, to walk forward in unity, and to ultimately, as a church, stand in victory. But as I was listening to that message, I couldn't help but sense the Holy Spirit challenged me. The Holy Spirit challenged us that if we truly are going to be people who one day stand in victory, we must know how to walk forward in unity. 
I know for a lot of people in this day and age, that seems like a pipe dream. In the fractured society that we're in, in the divided culture we're in, it feels like a million miles away, but everyone in this room knows exactly how important it is and the power of unity and what we can accomplish if we come together and do something great for the glory of God. Everyone's seen it in a movie at some point. I don't know what your favorite movie is where there's a disunified group all kind of going in their own direction and that unifying speech brings them together and helps them walk towards victory. I don't know what your favorite movie is. I know for me growing up, I love the movie Braveheart. I love Mel Gibson in a skirt, on a horse, yelling at a bunch of people about to run down a hill and to fight the tyranny of the English and talking about they may take our lives, but they will not take our freedom. I know a lot of people, uh, especially here around the South, love Remember the Titans. I don't know which is your favorite scene from Remember the Titans. I was watching some scenes the other day on YouTube, but, but this is what I've heard uh, on good authority from young Meredith Knox. She says like the unifying scene is where they start yelling at one another, left side, left side, and they come together towards victory. My, my daughter isn't a big sports movie kind of person, so she's strongly contended for a movie which I feel is very underrated, should have won Academy Awards, okay? Step Up 2, specifically Step Up 2 with that famous like, kind of dance scene in there. And there's a part where Andy's at the end and she's got her track pants on with one leg rolled up and she's talking to the whole crowd before they go out to dance in the parking lot. And she says, it ain't about what you got, it's about what you make or what you got. And everyone's like, hey, let's go out there and dance together, okay? But in my opinion, the greatest, the greatest, the greatest of all time, better than D2, Mighty Ducks, all right? So Mighty Ducks, and, and that point where you just hear the word quack, and everyone knows what to do from this point, and it's quack, 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 and everyone comes together. Uh, we, we all know it because there is something instinctively and intuitively that tells us that this is true, that if we're going to do anything great, we must do it in unity, we must do it together. But like I mentioned before, doesn't that feel harder right now than ever? Not only as a society, not only, in not only in culture, but also in church. In all my years of pastoring, I have not seen another time where it feels like there is as much fracture and division in society and even in the church. I know that we're coming into a political, like kind of an election year next year, and you're going to start seeing the fractures already and some people who see the world one way and others who see the world another way. We, we, we know very clearly there are still fractures in society when it comes to, to race and to like our socioeconomic backgrounds, the, 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 the haves and the have-nots. There's, there's a fracture. Uh, if you travel around the state of South Carolina now, you'll feel the fracture of people from different parts of America who have moved into South Carolina in the last year or so. And it's very culturally different. I feel it. I was in the Charleston campus a couple of weeks ago, and I'm telling you now, I met more people from Connecticut, New Jersey, and New York than people who grew up around South Carolina. And culturally, it's very different. Do you know that the Carolinas have seen the, the third largest population growth since 2020 because people are moving here? But because of the influx of different culture, there's the potential for fracture. 
And, and right now, yes, everything is calm and everything's easy, but blink twice, take two breaths. We're going to be headed into another football season, and then the lines are going to get drawn again. Tigers on one side, Gamecocks on the other side. It feels like unity is further away from us as a people of God than ever. So here's the million-dollar question. How, how does God respond? And he responds with his word. He responds with his heartbeat expressed through the holy and ancient scriptures. And that's what Ephesians chapter 2 is all about. Like my brother Brad, over the last couple of months, I've read the whole of Ephesians nearly every single morning, just trying to get this deep inside of my soul. And I have never, ever seen Ephesians chapter 2 the way I have seen it in the last couple of months. That's the reason we encourage people, everyone, everywhere to engage in an everyday relationship with Jesus. It's amazing. If you really dig down deep into his heart, into his word, into his will, I promise you, he will show you things about himself that will literally radically change your life. It's changed mine. Because in Ephesians chapter 2, you'll see that Ephesians chapter 2 is basically like a speech that Paul is giving to a disunified bunch to bring them together to move forward so they can stand in victory. In many ways, Ephesians chapter 2, verses 1 through to 10, is Paul's argument for unity, and it's all based in how we have deep and distinct commonality. It doesn't matter if you were Jewish or if you were Greek, if you were like back. There from day one with Jesus hanging out, one of his disciples, or you were making idols to another God last week and have just come into the family of God, there is common ground that we all begin from. And when we lean into these deep commonalities, we walk forward with greater unity. Well, what does that mean? Well, we'll have a look at it. Ephesians chapter 2, verses 1 through to 10 He's making some very clear and distinct um, affirmations. Point number one, you got to understand that even though it feels like everyone around you is different and you're different than everyone around you, first and foremost, we all come from the exact same place. It doesn't matter if you're rich. It doesn't matter if you're poor. It doesn't matter if you've been around church for years and years and you grew up at Sunday school. It doesn't matter if you were brand new to this deal and you got invited a couple of months ago and you can't get enough of this Jesus stuff. All of us come from the exact same place. As you read through verses 1 through to 3, he's talking about how we were all dead in our transgressions and our sins. That we were all in the world where the spirit which is at work in the disobedient reigned and ruled. In verse 3, he says, all of us lived amongst them at, this, at one point. Actually, at the end of verse 3, it says, we were all by nature deserving of wrath. We are all from the exact same place. Have you ever met someone from your hometown in somewhere, like somewhere random? I know for me, I was in San Francisco last year, and uh, I'm, in a, I'm in a restaurant, and I'm hanging out, and uh, I'm... I'm basically paying the bill, and there was a guy at another table, and he kind of looked at me, and I kind of looked at him, and, and I thought, that this, I, I kind, I've never seen him before, but he was looking at me as if like kind of we knew each other, and so I just smiled, and then he walked up, and he asked me the question, are you from Anderson, South Carolina? I said, yes, I'm from Anderson, South Carolina. 
I said, are you from Anderson, South Carolina? Yes, I'm from Anderson, South Carolina. I own a little place called The Sweetery. I said, I know The Sweetery. The Sweetery, the strawberry cake, it gave me type 2 and 3 diabetes. It's amazing. Well, what school did you go to? Oh, I went to T.L. Hannah. My children go to T.L. Hannah. Oh, my God, that's incredible. There is such a connection when you meet someone from the same hometown. It might be Washington, North Carolina. It might be Fountain in South Carolina. It might be Charleston-ish area, South Carolina. It might be from Belton, South Carolina. When you meet someone from the same hometown, aren't you already just closely knit? Well, what the Bible is making clear in Ephesians chapter 2, verses 1 through to 3, is that all of us are from the same hometown. And the hometown is called Deadsville, USA, population, everyone. It doesn't matter if you were brought up around church. It doesn't matter if you came in here through the bridge center. We are all starting from the same home ground. We're all dead in our transgressions. Now, some of us don't think that because religion has fooled us into thinking that the gospel is about making bad people good, but it's not. It's about making dead people alive. And all of us were the exact same way, dead in our sins, numb in our transgressions, without a hope, up the creek, without a paddle. So when you look to the person to your left and to your right, when you look at the person sitting on the back row or the person sitting on the front row, irrespective of how different you feel than them, irrespective of how different you think they are from you, recognize this. Hey, where are you from? I'm from the same place too. We are all from the same place. Deadsville, USA. Population, everybody. This is a deep and distinct commonality. Point number two. Not only are we all from the exact same place, the Apostle Paul in Ephesians chapter 2 is letting us know that we all got into the family of God the exact same way. This is deep and distinct commonality. So not only are we from the same hometown, Deadsville, USA, population, everybody, but all of us got into the family of God the exact same way. When you look at verses 4 through to 8, the Apostle Paul is making it clear. The only way we got out of that town to where we are now is but by his great love. He's the one who made us alive. It's by his grace you've been saved. He's the one who seated us with him in heavenly realms. It's his grace, his kindness, his gift. No one gets to boast. All of us come into the family of God the exact same way. I've received a lot of gifts in my life. And, uh, and hey, you know what? Like, I'm not going to hate on it. Just I'm going to enjoy the blessing. But, bro, I got the best gift I have ever been given last Thursday night. Last Thursday night, I was at uh, a minister's a pastor's 50th anniversary at the same time they were celebrating his 30th year in ministry. And so I flew out to go honor this amazing pastor. It's Jimmy Evans, basically. He's made a massive, he's one of our overseers here at New Spring. And, and so I'm there and 
and it's just like a beautiful night, and we're, we're hanging out. I'm wearing a suit. I don't usually wear a suit, so it was like a, it was a special time, you know what I'm saying? And so I'm hanging out there, and it's, it's, it's beautiful, and I hang around for like an hour, but I, I'm basically done. I'm about ready to, to head out, and uh, as I'm heading out, uh, I have a friend of mine who's also a pastor bring an older couple up to meet me, and so they bring this couple up. And then, um, you know, I give him a hug and I say, hey, I, I, I appreciate some of the marriage talks you've given Dan before. I say, hey, thank you so much. Hey, do you want to take a, can we take a picture? Yeah, let's take a picture. And so we go there to kind of pose for a picture. And then the gentleman, just before the picture was taken, pulls me in and whispers in my ear and he says, I hear you're a massive golf fan. I said, I am a massive golf fan. And then he's like, well, I'm a member at Augusta National. Um, this beautiful golf course, this slice of heaven just down there in Georgia near our Aiken campus. And he goes, um, I'd love to have you as my guest um, at next year's Masters tournament on the Sunday. Love to have you along on the Sunday. And I went from a hug, like from a, like, to a full like, kind of, I'm, like, I'm kissing his cheek. It's like, it's amazing. <laughs> so... I'm freaking out, okay? So the really cool thing is, he said, I've got two tickets for you, okay? And before anyone emails me, the other one's not for you, okay? My father is going to fly in. I haven't seen him in like as much, as long as I've seen my mother. My father's gonna come in Easter next year, so you're gonna see a little Asian guy videotaping everything next year, hanging out, and we're gonna go on the Sunday together. It gets better, it gets better. So this guy's going, have you heard of a place called Berkman's Place. Does anyone know what Berkman's Place is? So Berkman's Place is this ultra-exclusive club inside of Augusta National that basically is just non-accessible to anyone except for dignitaries and guests of members. And so he's explaining to me and the food you get to eat. There's like some replica putting greens out there. And it's like, I'm losing my mind. And, and he starts talking about how like, he's seen famous people in there. He's like, last year I was having a beer with Luke Bryan. I don't know who Luke Bryan is, but he was excited about it. And I'm like, I, I, okay, cool. So the more he was telling me about it, the more I started freaking out. Like, I don't like dressing up at the best of times. Like, I'm going to stand out like a sore thumb. Like, I'm no, I'm no dignitary. You know what I'm saying? I'm like kind of I'm just like a guest of the country. I'm just hanging around a little bit. And so I kind of said, I'm going to feel a little awkward there. And then Gary said, hey, you know what? No, Dan, don't worry. Just remember this. No matter how famous they are, they are no, no, no matter like what country they're from and what part of royalty they are, every single person at Berkman's place got in the exact same way. They had to be invited in. And when you understand that in the kingdom of God, in the family of Jesus, every single person gets in the exact same way. That is some deep commonality that generates incredible equality that can drive us to beautiful victory. We all got in the exact same way. And that's so important because I meet people all the time who don't feel like they could do great things for God one day because of the mistakes they've made. The, the, the lines they've crossed. They think to themselves that, hey, man, if I only made some different decisions in my younger years, I'd be here right now, not so far behind the eight ball. No, no, no. You got in the exact same way that I got in. 
And for those who are walking around a little bit pompous, a little bit arrogant, a little bit religious and superior, I just want to remind you that you got in the exact same way that I got in. It wasn't your scripture memory. It wasn't your church attendance. It wasn't the denomination that you grew up around. It wasn't how holy you were during your college years. You too, right now, are the same as everyone around you. You got in the exact same way by invitation only. It is the great grace of God displayed through his son Jesus, bleeding on a cross. This invitation was signed in blood. And that's how you got into the family of God. Deep unity that comes from commonality. Thirdly and lastly, so number one, I want you to get this. We all come from the exact same place, same hometown. (laughs) We all get into the family the exact same way, by invitation only, signed by the blood of Jesus. And thirdly and lastly, we all have something special to do together. That's what he's saying there in Ephesians chapter two and verse 10. So you've been saved by grace, so now we are God's handiwork. (laughs) Uh, Some versions say we are God's masterpiece. Um, Other versions say that we are God's work in progress. We are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works which God prepared in advance for us to do. Now that's what the, so the word handiwork in the Greek is actually the word poema, where, you, where we get the word poem from. Or in other words, we are, as a people, God's poem to the earth, pointing towards his beauty, extending an invitation, describing what it's like to be brand new and to be part of a family. We are God's poem to the earth. But I've got to tell you, as I've been reading this over the last couple of months, something has stuck out time and time again after I, every time I get to Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10, and it's this part. It's for we are God's workmanship. We are God's masterpiece. We are God's handiwork. Everyone say we? We. We. Uh, when you travel around and speak, every now and then someone will come up to you and ask for, ask for you to sign their Bible. And I never do it, okay, because I just feel like that's something worthy of judgment. You know what I'm saying? That's kind of like, let's not mess around with that and like trying to sign your name in someone's Bible. So I never do it. But what I do do is I always write a scripture in their Bible. And you know what I always write? Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10. All right, Ephesians 2, 10. And I guess you are God's workmanship. And I always assumed, that's off the top of my head, that God's saying you are his workmanship. But when you actually read it, the Bible doesn't say you are God's workmanship. It says that we are God's workmanship. I have literally for the last 25 years of ministry been writing heresy errors in people's Bibles all over the world. But right now, I repent as we declare afresh and anew that it's not me, it's we are God's workmanship. We are the poem. We are the testimony. We are the apologetic. We are the story that is compelling, that will draw people from the outer ends of society into the family of God. It's not me, it's we. 
And unless you are fully embracing in an everyday way what it means to be a part of a family of God, walking together in unity, towards standing in victory, it's like reading a poem with a line that's missing. It's like your favorite book, that book that just resonates with you, but there's a chapter that's not there. We are his workmanship. And that's my challenge to you today. Are you playing your part in the poem of God to the state of South Carolina? Because as much as you think that it's about the the oratory skill of a preacher or the the programming of a pastor or the, the, the facilities of a campus, you're wrong. It's all of us that put together, declare a beautiful poem to a world that needs so desperately the love and the beauty and the reality of God. It's we are his workmanship. That's the reason we talk about it all the time. Like you just gotta get connected to connect. I tell you, every single week in whatever campus I'm at, I'll always make it a point. I'll always pop my head in. I'll like, you know, I'll I'll annoy the connect leader. I feel so sorry for him because I like to knock my kick, kick the door and hey everyone, because I am so excited. Every time you see people take time to get connected. Uh, There's a guy that I used to see all the time at the gym. Uh, His name's Lee. He's probably gonna be at our um, 11-15 gathering in Anderson and he's like the largest man on earth. All right, and so he's like kind of this dude's like when you walk around the gym, what's up, what's up, what's up? He's so large and intimidating. I don't even what's up him. I like kind of put my head down and I keep on walking. The other week, I popped my head into Connect. Guess who's sitting right there taking up a whole table? Lee. He said, how did you get here? He said, well, I came one week and then someone told me to come on to Connect. So I came the week after and I'm finishing off Connect right now. That's what we do here. We don't just get together and do some Jesus stuff to just help you through the week. Yes, if you want some encouragement and if you're just looking for a a shot of oxygen, this can be that for you, but this could be so much more. Where you feel genuinely connected to a spiritual family who you know and know you. Where you bring a gift and where you bring a talent, where you bring something that's unique about you that completes the story that we are to the world. So that's the reason if you haven't gone through Connect, you say, but damn, I'm, I'm here from back in the day. I was here back when there were owners and all that. No, yeah, cool. Everyone needs to because we are, by the grace of God, a growing and different church. And we need everyone connected through Connect. So get along. It's going to help you understand the place, the part, the role, the line you are in this beautiful poem. Sometimes it's easy to feel overwhelmed with discouragement when you think about what we could do as a church, but we aren't accomplishing because of a lack of unity. And even that word for some people causes you to bristle. Now, here's another pastor trying to like throw shade in my direction and make, no, 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 no. Once you sit in your identity, the right thing to do now is to walk forward in unity. Because I know now I'm from the same hometown as everyone around here. (laughs) Deadsville, USA, population, everyone. We all got in the exact same way. 
the good people, the bad people, (laughs) the clean slates, the dirty hands. The exact same way. By invitation only, the blood of Jesus. And we are a poem when we come together. And I hope and pray that out of today, you would feel so compelled by the Spirit to take one more step into greater unity because of our deep and profound, beautiful commonality. Connect is your next step. For some people, it might be a conversation with a pastor or a leader. For some of you, you might wanna send me or one of our team an email throughout the course of the week and we'd love to help you with your next step. But if we walk forward in greater unity, Oh, what a beautiful poem we will be to a dark, divided, and desperate world. A shining light of different people coming together with the same last name given to us by the God of this universe with a common mission that he prepared in advance for us to live. We get to have unity, as crazy as it sounds. When we lean into a biblical commonality. Uh, My mother has had the best time over the last two weeks. I just wanna thank everyone that we've been seeing in Walmart uh, the other day at JC's, uh, the Bojangles on 81, uh, just all of our New Spring family. You all are so gracious. (laughs) And it's been cool over the last couple of weeks hearing my mother get asked the same question the whole time. What are you enjoying most? What are you loving most? What are you loving most? And my heart just leaps with pride it's a godly pride, but it's a pride. When I hear her not even think about it, she goes, oh, I love, I love Dan's church. <laughs> I love New Spring. <laughs> she loves it. We took her on a, we took her on a tour. <laughs> we, we took her through Kids Spring, and she thought, it's like, this, like Disneyland, like Disneyland. And we go, yeah, yeah, it's like Disneyland. It is. It's like kind of Disneyland with Jesus on people's level. And, and, it's, and she's like just blown away by the Fuse ministry and, and, and what it's done for my kids, and she just loves the worship here. She loves the music. She thinks Blake Goss is a very attractive man. Like she, so she's like kind of, she's in that space, okay? And as I listen to her talk about that in my heart, I, I smile, because I know the most beautiful thing about us is the church that we are and the church that we're becoming. That at any given Sunday, that in any given program, There isn't a place in South Carolina as deliberate about pursuing an uncommon unity to reflect the beauty of God and to extend an invitation to all into the beautiful family that God has established. And so my heart's hope, my heart's prayer is simple, that today as we respond, each and every single one of us will take one step closer into active and deliberate unity based on our explained commonality from Ephesians chapter two. So I'm gonna invite everyone to to stand to their feet on every single campus. I'm gonna invite all of our ministry teams to go to their positions. And today, uh, we're all gonna give. Um, I know for Chris and myself, we give our first tenth every single month. We offer above and beyond that. Why? Because when you see something truly beautiful in the earth, you wanna knit your heart and soul with it and you wanna give your absolute best and and that's what we do. For some of us, uh, we need to pray because some of us feel like, you know what, a little bit overwhelmed by 
all the stuff going on in society, and I don't know if we'll ever get to a place of unity. Maybe you need to have some prayer and maybe some healing in your heart. Maybe there are some wounds that need to be exposed. Maybe the Holy Spirit self needs to be invited into that space. I'm going to invite you, if you need to pray about something, to come down to one of our prayer partners and to connect with them. For others, in a few moments' time, we're all going to sing. That's the reason we sing at church. It's not just to shake out the nervous energy, but when we sing together, when we declare something bigger than us together, we actually, by default, create incredible unity through that commonality. And specifically this week, if you want a friend of Jesus, we want you to know that he wants to be your friend. If he isn't your leader and your Lord, if he isn't your savior and your brother, you can begin an everyday relationship with Jesus. I'm gonna invite you, if you've been feeling God knocking at your heart's door over the last 32 minutes, invite you to slip out of your seats and to come on down to the cross in your building right now. There's gonna be someone there ready to meet with you and to talk to you about how we all get in the exact same way, by invitation only, his bloodshed. And finally, all of us will take communion. If we are believers, if we're followers of Jesus, we're gonna take communion together. But as we take communion, I want you to know that this communion is not only significant because of our vertical connection with God, but it also declares a horizontal connection with the people around you. So as you take communion this week, recognize it that as you're taking communion, you're actually making a statement before God. I will make a deliberate decision to walk forward in greater unity because of our deep commonality. Let me pray, and then we're gonna move. Lord Jesus, we love you. Father God, we exalt you. Holy Spirit, finish what you have started. We trust you. Help us by your spirit. Be a beautiful poem to the earth of uncommon unity in a desperate and divided world. And we thank you, God, that as we move forward in unity, we will stand in glorious victory. And this victory will see many people come to you. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Thanks for listening to the New Spring Church Podcast. Make sure to visit our website at newspring.cc for more content, including videos, articles, and devotionals to help you have an everyday relationship with Jesus. Or plan a visit to one of our campuses across the state of South Carolina.